Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, presented by SeedGolf.com. Hit up SeedGolf.com today. Golf is coming back to the Republic of Ireland. It's back in England. It's back in Northern Ireland. You can already hit up SeedGolf.com and stock up on premium golf balls at half the price. It's an absolute no-brainer. Drew's Golf Apparel is also a sponsor of this very show. Very big spring summer launch coming 8th of April in line with Masters Week. So get signed up, get your early access, and we'll be running a giveaway with them over my social media on Instagram, Twitter, etc. So be sure to join the timesheet at my spittingly gorgeous new website, bitbiasthere.com. It's live, and looking forward to hosting podcasts there and also more content like reviews when Scott is open, and maybe some of power reviews, maybe some equipment reviews, stuff like that. So if you're interested in certain gadgets, we may still have some equipment, we have that from the experts at Fort Up Custom. But yeah, just let me do more with less, I suppose, and if you like it, share. This week's episode, the reason for first play is with a concern man, another cock man on the show. Uh, yeah, in most of the episode, um, I'm kept naming the college in wrong. It's in Louisville. He's in the Cardinals. He's a redshirt senior. He's also a member of the upcoming Curtis Cup team, UK and Ireland, being held in Seminole. And he won the Brian Nelson Award last year. There's no other than the Reverend himself, Sean Murphy. He wrote it there, Roisin. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what did he get at? Episode. We have um, another Corkman on the show this week. I think that tallies uh, 69 of the 71 episodes are from Cork people. Um, it's John Murphy, winner of 2018 St. Andrews Lynx Trophy, quarterfinals for the 18 Amateur, the list goes on, member of the European Team Championship Ireland, and is on the, what would you call it, John, the extended squad for the Walker Cup, or we're within chance? Yeah, the panel of the Walker Cup. There's, there's 15 people on there for now, so we'll find out in a few weeks. So how does it compare to knowing you're on the Walker Cup development squad as opposed to maybe someone with 13's development squad in Munster Golf? A bit of a difference, is it? Yeah, it is all right. Um, it's a bit kind of, I mean, the last time I was on, I was on it two years ago as well. And I just found I got myself so like consumed in it. And I was just everything that year, I was just thinking about Walker Cup. So um, this year, I've kind of just taken more, more of an approach to just kind of play golf and uh, try not to focus on it. Just, just try and... Um, just stay in the present as I've tried to work on a lot in the past couple of years, just not get too ahead of myself and not, not try to think about too many things at once. So I'm just kind of trying to uh, take it one shot at a time for now and see where that takes me. That's like the ultimate um, sports person slash golf and interview one shot at a time, one game at a time and we win the premiership. That's not about the goal, it's about the system, right? That's the thing. I used to be so goal-orientated and not that, uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, you hear every every good or high-level golfer say they, they take it one shot at a time and that's something that I wasn't very good at. I was so not in the moment a lot of the time. So that's something I've had to work on and adapt to, but uh, I, th- I think I'm getting better at it, I hope. 
very easy to say. Like, I would challenge anyone listening, um, which is more than my mother these days, thankfully, that listens to this. Um, she she texted me the other day. She says, Jesus, I listen to the podcast. You should be on radio. I says, they wouldn't let the likes of me on radio. Um, face and, and voice for radio, I have. Uh, <laughs> but I would challenge anyone listening to even like play a practice round and just try and play like one shot at a time. It's really fu- it's it's really fucking hard. <laughs> you know, we all get too ahead of ourselves. John Murphy, what was it like going up in Kinsale? What was your earliest memory of golf? It was great. It was great. I uh, got introduced to the game by Gary Ward. Um we yeah, he just took me out one day, I think I was maybe twelve or thirteen years old and he just took me out. I remember I had a junior set of golf clubs that were, I, I was probably too big for them back then, but uh, my dad brought them back from Spain one time and just went out. And I remember Gary was kitted out with his full set. He got off his parents and I was there with my seven iron, my hybrid and my driver and little mini putter. And uh, But yeah, I just remember really enjoying playing the game um, early on. Uh, just, you know, it, it was just another sport to me at the time. It was, I, I just used to love playing all kinds of sports. Anything involving a ball was just um, right up my alley. So yeah, I, I probably uh, didn't play it as much as I should have in my early years. I kind of tailored towards other sports at the time. But then, you know, I saw the likes of uh, Gary Ward, Cahill Butler, you know, coming through. They were they were pretty elite for underage golfers. They were both on Irish teams all the way through. And I saw the success that they were having. And it kind of made me hungry for, for some of that success and to get my name up there and to get myself on Irish teams um, at the time. So then, yeah, I suppose when I was... 15, 16, I, I started to to kind of get more stuck in with it and, and take it a bit more more seriously and uh, maybe tailor back on, on the other sports. And yeah, we had a lot of success like with the Kinsale Junior Club, probably not as much as we should have had, but considering the golfers that we've had through the years, um, you know, there was uh, at one point, I think we had a fair daily team where our highest handicap was maybe two or three. So that was, uh, th- that was fun to be a part of. And there was just such a good atmosphere about the club, you know, in junior days, you know, 30 people standing on the putting green playing for two or a good golf ball or, or something like that. You know, that was just uh, a kind of an excitement that's, that you, you don't really have anymore. You know, we used to go to the golf course at eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock in the evening and just, just spend all day there just having fun. And that's, that's something that you don't really have anymore. It's kind of more, uh, golf is kind of more you know you kind of look at it more more as a job now and you have to to be a bit more serious about it um so that's that's one element of it that i do kind of miss but yeah it was it was great it was such an enjoyable experience to to be a part of that junior club absolutely i I wouldn't take you on for two euro around the kinsale putting green but i take you on the hinge one you'd more than a hinge one you'd more than a hinge one you've been there you've frequented it on numerous occasions quarterfinal south of ireland 2017 um, how would you describe, I suppose, the the Ireland circuit compared to like the NCAA or the the American circuit? If, if anyone's listening to this and is like looking at America as as an option or a collegiate option, how would you compare the two circuits? Because you spent a year in Maynooth and then went across, so you'd be a good question to ask that of. Yeah, well, I certainly found as though I got the best of both worlds. I mean, I got to play. You know, I'd, I'd come over here. I played five events in. They call it fall over here, so from August to December. Um, I say they call it fall over here because I don't want I don't want to say the word fall and be considered a yank or anything. You know what I mean? But uh, then, far from a yank, you know. Peter O'Keefe comes back. He still has a bit of a twang. Pedro has, but you're doing okay. You're doing okay. And then, uh, yeah, so then we'd play another probably six or seven events in the spring and that would lead us up to summer and then sure by the time June rolls around, you get ready for the East and St. Andrew's Links Trophy and British Am and the South and and whatnot. So it's it's great that I got to live the best of all worlds. Um, 
and that's something that I would recommend. You know, it's it, the, the Irish circuit is amazing over over summer. It's uh, you know the, the events are so well run. We're so lucky to get to play on such amazing golf courses, and um, yeah, the, the the atmosphere around all the championships is. I mean, particularly La Hinch is one that everybody says they just love going to every year. You know, you, you finish your round, you go down for a couple of points in the nineteenth. Uh, you're, you're back up to the to the. Uh, to, to the tea at seven o'clock the next morning after a couple of points. I have a funny story about that actually. I can tell you afterwards. Probably shouldn't put it on. Oh, go for it now. Go for it now. Go for it now. You, you started it. You might as well finish it. You can. You can. You can um, call up some areas if you need to. One, one day we were. Or, well, I think I was meant to be staying with with Subaru in the the hotel in Ken. What's it called? This Santa. Santa Maria. Santa Maria. That's the one. And uh, I was meant to be staying with Subaru in there. And. Um, I got a call at about, I, I think he was playing first match off and I got a call at about 7.22 or I got a knock on my door and it was just me. And uh, like, it was just me in the room. Subaru wasn't there. He stayed with uh, the Pierces, I think, I think. <laughs> and uh, he, there, yeah, so I got a knock on my door and it was your man that, that owned the Santa Monica looking for, looking for Subaru. And I, just had to say straight out, look, he's he's not here. I'll give him a call and see where he is. So I called him and he, he answered the phone. He was like, what? And I was like, I just got a knock on my door there. Like you're on the team, like eight minutes. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'll be at the club there in a second. And I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> you, do, you, do. <laughs> you, do, you wouldn't be the first and he won't be the last. He turned out all right, that lad. He turned out all right. I think he went out and won the first five holes of that match as well. He's a pretty good mistake, so... No surprise at all. Um, they're the easy ones as well, so I wonder who he was playing. Um, so, so yeah. So, what was the decision? Like, was there a compelling event or, or a conversation had? Was there no Callahan involved in bringing you over to Louisiana? I'm just going to cut in here. I don't do this often in episodes. I kept calling it Louisiana. It's obviously Louisville. And thanks to John Murphy for putting me right in a few minutes' time. Louisville, buddy. Louisville. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, Aaron was the assistant coach at Louisville at the time, and he, uh, you know, I, I kind of just wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I loved being at home. I loved um, everything about Ireland. I loved, you know, growing up in Ireland. I was very close with my friends and my family, and um, that kind of year away in Maynooth kind of bridged the gap there that, you know, I spent far enough away from home. It was only a three-hour drive from from Kinsale, but I think I, I was far enough away from home to get out of my comfort zone in that year and that kind of made it a lot easier the transition to America um, so yeah I just I, I decided halfway through that year just that I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and I wanted to to go and try something new I felt like that was the best thing to do I, I knew I had to get a lot better if I wanted to to uh, get, get to another level so um, I thought that you know getting out of my comfort zone was the best way to do that and Aaron was great in, in helping me with the recruitment process. It wasn't easy because, you know, I'd done it here in Maynooth, so it made things very awkward. But uh, he, uh, he in, in fairness to him, he did everything he could have to um, get me over there. And I just remember he called me one day saying, look, we have a spot opened up if, if you do want to, to come. And I jumped at it and I committed there and then and uh, haven't looked back since. So that was... Yeah, that was definitely the best decision I've ever made to, to come over. Um, it's been an experience that I only ever could have dreamed of, so I'm very glad I took advantage of it. You can see it in the, I suppose, not going to say results, the results, I suppose, in the level of consistency. Like, if anyone's to Google John Murphy, he does it all the time, he tells me. He Googles himself all the time. 
to see just how many um, news inches he's getting um, week to week. <laughs> but like since I think it's like middle of 18 or like definitely middle of 19 from down till now I think you're only you've only been outside the top 20 once twice three four times I know I had another one you know it's a dip. <laughs> okay four four times out of like 20 plus events that's that's and that's including like the Irish events and and the ones in America so like was that a concerted effort? Do, is there statistics like that that you look at? Competition to competition, do you keep a record of performances and build a system around future performances? I do keep statistics, yeah. And I've, to be honest, no. Like, golf is just a mad game. And like one week, you might think you, you have everything sorted. Like last week, I felt like I was hitting a crate and uh, went to a tournament and you know, did, didn't play, didn't play as I hoped, finished, well, certainly didn't finish inside the top 20. But uh, that's, uh, yeah, it, it's just a strange game. I mean, I remember this week last year, the event that we're about to go to, I remember I shot, like, it, it's it's a pretty difficult golf course. And the first, I actually played with Mark Power in the first round of a, of a college event. And I shot 80 and he didn't play very well either. And like, you know, both of us felt, I think that we were playing pretty well going into it. And then I shot, I think I shot 68, 68 the last two rounds. I went back to even par for the tournament on a pretty tough golf course. And I was like, this just makes no sense. Like I've just played three rounds of golf and haven't like, I haven't shot between 80 and 68. Like, you know, so it's just a, it's just a weird game. You just get to learn that the more you play it. As soon as you think you have it figured out, you don't, but that's the beauty of it. That's, that's kind of what we're, uh, what we're all chasing and trying to achieve is just that, um, that element of consistency and just trying to figure out what works, what works best for you and how to put yourself in a, in a good position more often. Deadly. So, what was it like to get the Byron Nelson Award? Uh, yeah, that was unexpected. Um, I was well, sorry, I won't say unexpected. It was just, it was just kind of a nice bonus. Um, you know, the, the season was cancelled and everything, and we were all, uh, we were all a bit disheartened at the time. I was back in, I was back in Kinsale, and you know, I was just hitting balls in the back garden and um, just not in you know, not in an ideal situation, I guess. But uh, then to get that call, I still remember getting the call to, to say that I'd won it. And it just kind of, you know, really um, brought a lot of, I suppose, excitement into into my life, knowing that, you know, I was going to get to tee it up in a PGA Tour event and that I was recognized with with, with getting that award um, along with some of the great names that are on it. So, uh, yeah, that was certainly... Um, a phone call that I'll never forget and I actually decided to deter I had an invite into the Byron Nelson for this May but considering I'm, I'm planning on turning pro at some point um, after May I'm not sure when yet but considering I'm, I'm hopefully going to be pro by 2022 uh, I've actually decided to take up the invite then so that I have a guaranteed uh, start for when I am professional so um, yeah that's a decision that, that, that I made and that I'll uh, look forward to that opportunity that's like, that's like a hot take. I don't think many people know that. Um, down there for dancing, John Murphy. That's a very intelligent decision, my friend, if you ask me. I would have loved to jump at the opportunity to play a PGA tournament as, a, as an amateur, but I just felt that, you know, they're, they're pretty seldom to come by, so I'll um, try to take advantage of it as a professional instead. And I won't think too much. I mean, hopefully, you know, my, my plan is to hopefully um, ambitiously play golf for, for the next 30 years and I'm hoping that I'll have, have more than one tour uh, start to look forward to so yeah I'll just uh, kind of put that behind me now for, for the next year and I'll just um, try focus on, on what I can to get myself more of those starts 
absolutely um, and key performers consistently to do it um, I don't think you'll have an issue there without blowing smoke up your hole to be honest but you seem to be focusing on the right things um, the book about Rafferty <laughs> Kevin Rafferty uh, is very much a Rolls Royce player in terms of hops out the car hops on the tee and is a field player I read in my little preparation I prepared for our chat that whoever you're speaking to that day anyway, that you're kind of position orientated more than I feel grand today. Would that be a true assessment? Are you more focused on like positions through the swing? Is that how you approach the game and getting better? Or does that change season to season? No, it, it doesn't really. I know by now my tendencies and I know what I'm doing when I'm playing well. Um, I remember the summer of 2019 when, when things weren't going very well, I was, uh, my, my grip got really strong and I just got into some positions I didn't like because of that um, so yeah who told you that was that from a self-analysis or did someone say hey John did you spot this uh, yeah well it just kind of so what happened was I played a lot of tournaments in a row and my grip I just noted my grip getting a little bit stronger and stronger every tournament and then you know I wouldn't be hitting it very well so I'd go to the range after and hit more balls with this strong grip and it just got worse and worse so um yeah, I think I just kind of played my way into bad habits there. And then, you know, I did some work with with uh, Ian back home afterwards, to, kind of after we noticed that this, uh, this grip got too strong and I was getting into some really bad positions and just did some work and just tried to, tried to work through it. It took a lot of patience because, you know, it was a big year, 2019, with the Walker Cup and everything, and I played very well the year before. So um, it was obviously disappointing, but, you know, there was two ways we could have looked at it. We could have just... I could have just sat back and, and felt sorry for myself, or I could have uh, I could have worked through it and and taken the the perseverance to to try and work through a grip, a grip change, which wasn't easy at the time. Um, but yeah, thankfully we got through it. Uh, I put a lot of work in with with Ian at the time and went back to college that September and felt like I, I, I kind of had a nice gap there between when I finished summer and when I went back to college that I had enough time. I felt that I could work on it, and when I got back to college, I was playing really well and. Um, I yeah, thankfully have been playing pretty consistently since. Um, so that's something that I I now know that I can get out of if if I do find myself in that position again. I know how to get out of it and I know how to deal with tough situations. Which you know that that was a great learning curve for me going through that tough spell in 2019. Oh, Dave, you seem to have the, the head is well well screwed on there. In terms of getting prepared for turning pro, are you reaching out to different people? Would you have like your own? I suppose, um, personal boardroom of people to turn to for support or advice on different aspects. Is that how you're looking at things? Yeah, yeah. I uh, certainly kind of have a fair idea of who will be involved uh, when I do turn professional. You know, obviously, um, you can't have too many outside agencies because things can get confusing and, and whatnot uh, down the road. If, if that's the case, you know, hopefully all things going well. You you know, you find yourself um, in a pretty good position in the game of golf and you can't have too many too many people there or too many uh, outside distractions. So you kind of have to somewhat limit it and um, just find yourself the right people. But I'm pretty confident that, you know, I have a good team and, and good family around me to help me make those decisions and I'm looking forward to trying to trying to figure it all out when the time comes. Absolutely. I think I was I was thinking more around uh, to set your expectations. You know, it's not going to be all uh, Lear jets and and charter planes here and there. Maybe, well, maybe it is for Mister Murphy. We don't know. Um, you never know what's going to happen in tournament one. But I suppose 
do you have access to people on tour at the moment? Is there anybody like you're calling up? Are you calling up the likes of, I don't know, of Gav Meinhen or Paul McBride or Cormac Sharvin or, or these people just say, hey man, like any tips for month one through six? Like I have a book, I have a book for like the first three months in role. I don't think it's really applicable to, to like sports or athletes, but you know, do you have that access to people to get the kind of advice to, to share some best practices, I suppose? Um, yeah, thankfully, like I, you know, we would have access to a lot of. Um, I, I mean, I guess even just having the likes of Matthias Schmidt on my team, who you know he played the Donald Palmer Invitational last week, and you know myself and Matty get on really well and and talk about the game with each other a lot, and you know it's just great to gain insight from people like that. And you know, uh, I remember last year when I was deciding whether to go back to college or not, I talked to Robin Dawson and Peter O'Keefe, Robin who was term professional in the last couple of years and uh, Peter who's obviously been there and done that so um, yeah I would certainly turn to people but I've also kind of uh, played with a lot of people right now who are having a lot of success out on tour like I've played I played with Victor Colin Markawa uh, you know Minwoo Lee and so on so I kind of I, I mean I know their standouts obviously and their their um, exceptional talents but it's, it's nice to have had the opportunity to play with them and see what world class looks like and what you know the elite players do best so it's great to have the opportunity to to get to play with people like them and to uh understand what i need to do to to get to their level definitely um something irish people in general are very good at is self-deprecating you don't strike me as someone who's very self-deprecating but like quite modest is that something that you work on do you listen to that of audiobooks? Is, are you big into the mental side? Like, how do you how do you stay at this kind of focused? Or is it just something inside you, like this burning desire to like just be as, as good as you can be if you want to take that very American stereotype? Yeah, yeah, I guess I just... <laughs> I don't know. I just... Um, the more you play the game of golf, the more you just realise it can have such a wear and tear on you if you're not careful about it. Um, it can be... You know, very mentally taxing. Uh, if you let it be very mentally taxing, and I've just kind of tried to to keep as as good an attitude as possible about it. Uh, I did. You asked about the mental side of it. I did my first, uh, I guess, mental session with a guy called Dara Sheridan recently, um, who's over in New Zealand working with high performance over there. But he's, uh, you know, he's very knowledgeable. Um, I, I had a, about a two-hour session with him and I found it very insightful and he actually gave me a book to uh, to read when things fall apart and um, it kind of... Is that the name of the book or is that when you read the book? <laughs> <laughs> a bit of both. Okay. <laughs> That's the name of the book and I've actually found it very, very insightful and just kind of a, a more wholesome way of living and um, yeah, I guess the one thing I've tried to, to work on as well is not allow my golf dictate like who I am or, or what I do. I don't want to treat anybody any differently because of how I've played or because of um, how I am playing. You know, that was something that, as I said, over the, the summer of 2019 was tough to do, you know, when you go back to Kinsale and, you know, you're, you're kind of, it gets to the point where like you're known as the golf person, like, you know, you're the person that, that plays golf around the town, you know, everybody's coming up asking you how the golf's going and how you're doing and you know when when things aren't going well it's it's kind of tough to talk about it but i just you know i've just tried to not let it have any bearing on my attitude um and to be honest anytime somebody asks me how the golf's going i just say fine you know whether i'm playing the best I ever have or whether i've missed five cuts in a row i just say fine like you know my golf's okay because uh i just in the end of the day i don't think 
I don't think anybody really cares that much. I think they're just they're just asking for the sake of a certain conversation. It's the same, yeah, exactly. It's the same when someone would ask me or, or anybody like, "How's work going?" Yeah, exactly. You know, short band, like you know, shit. Some days great, other days, you know. Yeah, exactly. so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's just uh, I've just tried to not let um, my golf dictate the kind of attitude that I have towards towards life, and I just try and uh, stay as positive as I can. You mentioned before you know your strengths and you know your weaknesses. So uh, it's all around making sure the tide is always rising. So things aren't getting weaker or things aren't, you know, you're, you're, you're not focused on something and, and lacking focus on another. So where is focus right now? Is it on certain part of the swing? Is it on routine? Is it about building habits into your routine? Or is it on school? Because that's a big part of being a college athlete. It's not. It's not all part. Yeah, it's a big part of being a college athlete. Is school. Like you, if you don't make the grade, you don't tee it up. Am I right in saying that? For school. Um. Uh, yeah. This year, I'm only taking a few a few classes, which is nice. I'm only taking like four. I think it, three of them are online, and one of them is in person. But I just kind of ask my academic advisor for the easiest year possible. So I promise you, I'm, I'm not focusing on school right now. That's not the worry. Uh, <laughs> Playing bad, it's not because of school. Yeah, that's not the weakness, right? It's the strengths. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, it, are you able to tell us certain area that you're like maybe working on that maybe people can learn from or have a look at their their lives or their games? Um, I've found that over the past year, I've got a fairly good grasp on driving the golf ball. Since I've been taking stats th- this last few months, you know, I've I've been gaining pretty much an average of a shot around at least driving the golf ball um, off the tee. So. Uh, I'm very confident with that area of my game and I think everything else could be brushed up a little bit um, my wedge play I've been working on recently I found it getting better uh, you know my putting again some weeks it's it's. I feel like I've got a sword and it's exactly where I wanted to be and then the next week it just feels a little bit loose so um, yeah it's just a matter of just trying to make everything else a bit sharper uh, just trying because I, I do put myself into pretty good positions off the tee fairly often which I find is, is a big advantage to have but then I just kind of need to take advantage a little bit better from there on um so yeah that's something that i'm just working on at the moment and then i'll continue to work on and hopefully all things going well i'll continue to get better at better at every other aspect of the game no decent from from watching your instagram stories you seem to have some amount of crack in louisiana there seems to be a few irish boys on the team or in the panel or about the place yeah. you, tell us a bit about like like what the culture is like if people are looking at louisiana as a school to go to or looking to do a day visit in compliance with the NCAA regulations and all that. Yeah. But like, go on, give us a day in the life of John Murphy and Co. in Louisiana. Well, it's, it's actually Louisville. It's in Kentucky. and it's Oh, sorry, Louisville. Yeah, sorry. It's all the same over here. It's America. It's <laughs> <laughs> all the same, right? But uh, they're like, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's 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 a very different culture, obviously. And I live with with two with Hugh and Devin, two, two other Irish lads. So you know, we've lived with each other for for the last four years, and we got one more this year, Max Kennedy. But uh, yeah, we've had we've had some laugh the last few years. In fairness, um, yeah, I'd say people have looked at us funny more often than once um, for probably a number of different reasons. But yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been strange adapting to the culture. Uh, I didn't know how I'd take to that at the start. Um, but certainly having the two of them around and having having the last that, that we've had the last few years has helped a lot. And uh, then we have like 
we have a very international team. We have a lad from Czech Republic, a lad from Germany, and you know we had a guy from South Africa last year. So kind of mixing all those cultures has been a lot of fun and uh, getting to just know each other. And um, yeah, there's certainly some differences in cultures and some language barriers, which can be an issue sometimes. But uh, we've gotten used to it. And yeah, as I said, we've, we've just had a lot of fun the last years, and I'm very glad I got the opportunity to to come over here and experience that. A great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads over in Louisville. Um, you playing the Jones Cup, the Jones Cup, I have watched from afar in awe as, I suppose, the setup of it as a tournament. Can you describe, I suppose, being able to play in some, like, notable tournaments like that that if you weren't in America, you wouldn't play? Like, if you played Jones Cup, you, you have the opportunity to play a place like Pinehurst's, Bandon Dunes, I think, if the amateur was in last year, which, unfortunately, you were had a cough and lost the sense of smell with the LC19 for that, but don't worry. It seemed The bunker seemed dodgy enough. I was watching a bit of the coverage. Uh, <laughs> and you could get a couple of dodgy caddies along the way as well, so maybe you dodged the bullet. Uh, but, that way. but, like, do you recognise that now? Or is it... Like, do you get the time to, to, I'd like to reflect on, like, the opportunities you, you're able to uptake by being over there? Yeah, in the moment, no, we don't. Like, we, we don't realise how privileged we are and how lucky we are to get to do the things we do. Um, you know, even getting to go to the Jones Cup, we stayed in in an unbelievable house. Myself, Mark Power and Alex Patrick stayed together and, you know, just had had an amazing time, had, um, you know, the nicest host family. It was, uh, it's it's just an opportunity that, you know, you look back on and you were like, geez, the, the, you know, what a time that was. Um, we're so lucky to, to get to do things like that and to get to travel and see the whole of, of the United States and, um, yeah, like going down to Myrtle Beach again in two days' time, it, it almost feels like just another tournament, you know. But then I'm, I'm going to look back at this and be like, geez, what, what an opportunity, you know, to get to, to just fly down at, at the university, friends, play, play an event down to Myrtle Beach in the sun and, you know, get to get to go traveling with my friends and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's certainly... Uh, it's certainly something that we don't realize in the moment. It's it's not. It's it's probably something that we should get better at. Is is just being grateful for what we have. But you know, you know, us raw spoiled brats out here um, in the state. <laughs> I know. I say there's a there's a, a bunch of lads and the people at home will keep you well grounded. You know, exactly. it's far from it's far from that type of thing. We were yeah. both raised. You know, but. Um, that's when you know something else is like when you go back home and people are like, geez, like fair play, like you know, you're you're so lucky to have those opportunities, you know, we're we're stuck here at home during during lockdown. So that's kinda especially at this time, you know, I'm I'm very uh, very grateful that I get the opportunity to play and compete um, instead of being at home and getting involved into the net in the backyard. Absolutely. Uh, like um something I, I always tell people or try and tell, you know, people who are living experiences maybe like you are is take plenty of pictures. I lived in Italy for two years. I think I have four pictures, you know? <laughs> lived in possibly one of the most beautiful countries in the world, so take plenty of pictures. They live for a day in Instagram stories, Don Murphy. Just make sure you save them somewhere. Save them on a Google Drive somewhere. And then, you know, in 40 or 50 years' time, you come back, geez, remember that time I played Myrtle Beach? Yeah, you know, well worth it. Well worth taking out for a minute. Um, what do the next few weeks look like for you, diary-wise? Um, I'm actually going down to... Uh... I'm going to Myrtle Beach tomorrow, or sorry, Friday, and then uh, Sunday or Tuesday after the tournament finishes, I'm going into the Honda Classic, not to play, but uh, I actually sent them an email just for the sake of it to see if I could uh, get a sponsor's invitation. And they, they actually, funny story, they got back to me and gave this big list of reasons, like they picked Martin Keimer for the sponsor's exemption, and they 
gave this big list of reasons why they picked him and they thanked me for my, for you know getting onto them and I was like you don't need to explain why Martin Keimer is getting into the classic out of me like you know <laughs> that's fine like don't worry about it. Hey, they're the people you're rubbing shoulders with now, Mr. Murphy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to going out of that and just watching the Honda Classic for a few days and I'm going to play Seminole a couple of times and then. After that, I think we we have a few days off, and then we're back down to Jacksonville to play Sawgrass Country Club. So, and I think I'm not sure, but we might be playing TPC Sawgrass one of the days as well, which which would be fun. So, yeah, I know we we sound very spoiled, and we are very spoiled, but it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but a lot of it is. It is no, no, no. Soak it in, man. What, you, what does the GF Alan Carey say? Drink it in, man. Just drink it in. Um, what's his name? I forget. I'll find it. I'll put it in the post edit and I'll drop it in here. Um, so, what, what's the plan? The treadmill plans turn pro sometime this year. Can you um, yeah, yeah, probably at some point this year. I'll see now how the next few months goes. But uh, you know, I'm very um, happy with with how it's. I suppose played in the amateur game. I've played played the amateur circuit for a few years now. I've uh, you know my first year really playing the amateur circuit. I suppose I had more success than I anticipated. My first time playing the British Amateur in the St Andrews Links Trophy. You know I I came first and then got to the quarterfinal. Um, so then I've just since then I've played it the last few years and I've kind of gotten a feel the amateur circuit and I feel like um, I feel like my game's in in a pretty good position to turn professional. Uh, I feel like I have more in the tank than than what I've been showing, but I'm looking forward to, to hopefully uh, exposing that on, on maybe a bigger stage someday soon, which would be nice. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably make that decision come June when I finish college. I'll just decide, right, is the time now? Is the time in two months' time? Um, but yeah, I'd imagine it'll be at some point this year. Oh, deadly. Well, well I'll be here tracking... Uh, what you do and um, engaging with the Instagram stories between now and then we're looking forward to who wins the next darts competition that's all I can say they're <laughs> still got it they're still got it after that incredible loss I'll learn to move on the real the real hard hitting questions now John quick fire Q&A are you ready yes sir what is John Murphy's walk on song Oh, you call me up good. Um, I should have thought about this as well. I knew this was going to be a question. Uh, what's my walk on song? Probably Under the Sun or something by J. Cole. Under the Sun, I would say. Uh, Jim, I don't like pizza a whole lot. Right here, right here, right here. It's the pure pizza. Come from the care club, maybe over summer, we're knocked onto a pure pizza here in the AS and saw it, savage cabbage all together. Um, just waiting for the sponsorship deal to roll in any day now. Um, hat, vinyl, or a Keenan Rafferty bucket hat? Uh, I don't know, can I pull off the bucket hat as well as Keenan can, but I'll, I'll go for the bucket hat. Dead right. Happy Gilmore or Tink Hope? Happy Gilmore. Lahinch or Port Marnock? Lahinch. Walk or cart? <sighs> walk. Walk. Okay. I'd prefer to win the open but play the Masters. Instagram or Twitter? Uh, Twitter. Play or practice? Play. All day. So let's just say you're hot off, um, hot off winning the Walker Cup this year. Yeah. And you're going to Kinsale and you're hosting a candlelit dinner. And the golf club is saying you can invite six people. I mean, three people down the other side, you're the head of the table. Who is John Murphy having to dinner? Anyone you want. Dead alive, celebrity golfer, sports person, who is it? Tiger Woods. 
Roy Keane. Uh, Congratulations on South that, that's, that's, you know, two miles there. <laughs> Gary Ward to add to the confrontation. Um, so, do I get three more or two more? Three more. Three more, okay. Uh, oh. You can see the stress on your face right now. Like, these are these are big calls. I don't want to do that to you. I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Hugh and Devin. Um, they provide me with some good laughs. And oh, Jack Nicholas, I guess it's hard to leave him out as well. It's hard to leave him out. You might get the sponsor's exemption for um for the he has in Ohio. Commander, thank you so much for your time. I know you're pressed for time to get this in, so thank you very much. The very best luck in Myrtle Beach and for the rest of the year. And hope to see you back on home ground maybe during the summer. We'll catch a, a, round, a, a round and then a post-round round, if you have what I mean. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Roderick. Enjoy the chat. Great chat there with John Murphy of Louisville. Louisville party um, so yeah a whiskey must have been in the brain or something for Louisiana or maybe I'm listening to too much country music uh, definitely a new walk on song thanks John and very proud of you being um, well you're a walker cupper now not just on the extended panel but like of the selection panel but John Murphy is officially part of the walker cup to be held in Seminole so everybody give John a round of applause, a round of applause even um, but yeah let's all get behind him and of course Mark Power of Kilkenny and Lee Hinch by the way um, looking forward to having Mark on in a couple of weeks but yeah Get in touch with me um, or at mention me on whatever social media platform is your preference. Really good stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks in line with Masters Week. So stay tuned to the socials on that. If you've enjoyed the chat with John Murphy, sorry about some of the audio issues there. Zoom just doesn't play ball sometimes. Um, but hopefully as lockdown um, lifts up, uplifts, as lockdown is relent, relents. Can't talk today. As lockdown relents, looking forward to getting two metres apart even and having some in-person chats at either end of a long table, perhaps. Um, but that always helps with the audio. So if you have enjoyed the chat, even with a couple of audio um, bits and pieces, please do leave a review. And yeah, if you have any ideas or want any specific people on, let me know. Uh, head over to paddytalkslop.com. You can contact me through there. And you might buy a hat visor or a Keelan Raffley book while you're there or even a snazzy yardage book. Um, but yeah, until next week when we're speaking with Amy Condon, uh, we'll leave it there. Until we tee it up again soon, I'm Paddy. Mm-hmm.